1: All
0: right, what's happening, everybody? My name is Sam Shansky, and I'm here with the man behind the album Electric Sex, Mr. Jacob Thomas
2: Jr. Yes, that that is who I am. Tell me about Electric Sex. Uh, Why don't I just show you? (laughs) Right. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I, I assume you're talking about the record. Um, yeah, I am. It was... Okay, so I, I, I put out a record in 2014 called Original Sin, and that was just me and an acoustic guitar, and it was all live, mm-hmm. and like no edits or auto-tune or anything like that. It was just kind of storytelling stuff, and uh, that wasn't really how I performed live most of the time. Usually, I perform with a full band. It was okay. just... I don't know. I just wanted to go in and record some with that, so... For electric sex which was the second record um, it made more sense to do something in the studio like what it is that people see when they come to shows yeah so uh, that's kind of what we went in to do a full band record um, but really the songs all come from the same places as, as the ones on original sin it's all acoustic guitar piano songs that you then flush out with the full band you know hmm and this was recorded in Nashville well, we started recording it at a studio in Nashville, and I kind of hated the way that everything was sounding, so the guy who played Keys with me today, uh, Jason Morant, he co-produced that record with me, and he has a house, uh, it's like a lake house, in, uh where Nickajack and, and the, the, what is it, the Tennessee River meet, like mm-hmm. right outside of Chattanooga, and it's like, there's no cell phone service, it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to, to tell you the truth, but... Uh, it was really isolated, and we just kind of brought a bunch of studio equipment and engineers and stuff out there and started tracking and tracked all of the rhythm stuff out there. And it just felt great because it wasn't like... I guess when you're recording in Nashville, it can be like you're doing something in the day, and then you go do something at night. and then So yeah. it feels like you're never really present. But out there, you have no choice but to be present because there's nothing else to do around. So we did that for... Um, about three or four days and recorded out there. And then we came back to Nashville uh, at the studio that he has there. And then also at a couple other places and just did um, guitars and vocals and whatever, you know, kind of uh, as an independent artist, mm-hmm. um, I was like, we're just going to keep doing this until it sounds the way that I want it to sound. You yeah. know, I don't care if no we have deadline. to redo something 15 times, you right. know, so. Nick a Jack. Yeah. Did you
0: know that's where Johnny Cash went to die one time? No, I didn't. Yeah. I I read his... I guess it would be his autobiography. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack is one of the chapters, and he went there to go into a cave to basically disappear. He wanted to die at one point.
2: Was he, like, fucked up or something?
0: He had been, yeah, just for a long time. And I think he was just tired of living. And he went in and he crawled into this cave, and he lost track of where he was. And uh, he just... Crawled around in the darkness until he was just totally lost in this cave and laid there ready to die, and then something in his brain just said, You know not yet, and so he didn't know where he was, and mm-hmm. somehow he got out, and when he got out june was there, and she didn't he hadn't told her you're mentioning how remote it is he yeah. she found him there, and he described it this you know as this like otherworldly experience and everything you know he was very spiritual and everything, yeah. so he I think he connected it back to God telling him uh that it wasn't time yet, but
2: Sure. Yeah, what a metaphor.
0: <laughs> yeah. So back to the album. You know, was it a lot of friends that were working on the album with you or did you
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I kinda have just I i kind of have made that something that's a priority for me. Um Are you pretty social in in Nashville? Uh mildly. Yeah, yeah I'd say I'd yeah. say I've I've been in East Nashville for about a decade now and okay. I've I really grew up there. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I consider home, even though I I am from Southern Louisiana. Um, I I became the man that I currently am in in Nashville, and that was a lot of going out, a lot of a lot of time in bars, a lot of time in shows, and meeting other people with similar interests and trying to take what I could and um, and learn what I could. But yeah, I'd say uh, most of the people who worked on this record as far as performing or recording and everything like that, I would consider to be very, very close friends. Um, and that's great because I, I want people who feel like they have a vested interest in the music to be involved in it, not somebody that is doing it um, for a paycheck or, or, or really for any other reason. Like I want people to feel bad if people don't like the music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want them to feel proud if they if they do like it, you know? So feeling is important for you? Yeah. I mean, it's not the most important thing. Obviously, if you allowed feelings to dictate all your decisions, your life would be chaos. But um, in the recording process, feeling definitely factors into it. I feel like, um, or I think that if you get someone who has that feeling invested in the songs, you're going to get a different quality of product than you would maybe from somebody who's a little more detached. Mm -hmm.
0: And so are you writing all the time?
2: um i mean I'm, picking up the guitar a lot i'm trying to yeah uh, i can tell you for me it, it's different for everyone it's it's kind of difficult living in nashville actually because there's so many people who are very prolific at writing and mm-hmm. people say they want to write all the time like we should get together and write and you know and i always say yeah let's do that but i never i never <laughs> ever do i i i loathe the idea of co-writing uh, okay. because it's a very writing for me I don't know I don't write songs to write because I feel like there needs to be more music in the world uh-huh. like I think there's tons of music in the world there's a ton of shitty music I'd say 97% of the music that's out there is just shit <laughs> and it's clouding the ether so that that 3% of really good music is having a hard time getting past all that other shit you uh-huh. know so I definitely am not like I gotta write a song today gotta write a song today yeah. the best I can do is kind of posture myself in a position to receive something if I hear it in my head and and sometimes I sit down and pick up a guitar and nothing comes out for months or, or you know, years. And then sometimes I sit down and in two weeks I'll write ten songs. It's just right. a matter of if the universe wants something to happen and I happen to be the vessel through which that's happening, you know. Yeah.
0: On a, you know, serious note, I read what you wrote about having lost some friends recently. Yeah. And I'm sorry about that. Thank you. And... Um, I'm curious as is music therapy in a way for you? I mean, going uh, through these experiences, is it music that helps you get through it, you think?
2: Um therapeutic, in, you in, know. In a way, well the the live performance aspect of music is very therapeutic to me the writing part of it and the creation of the record the recording and all that stuff can be very anxiety inducing to me because you do feel that sense of urgency to get something done but i have to discipline myself and remind myself that it's not worth forcing something um so um the music is therapeutic for me in, in some ways but i don't i don't use i'm not out pushing an agenda when i put out music i'm not like this is what i feel that's not necessarily therapy for me as much as the live performance being in the moment and and live creating music with people that you're close with and stuff that absolutely is therapy like my brother my brother died and i was supposed to go down to the funeral but i had a show to play the next night and my mom was like um obviously you're not going to do that i was like no i think i need to do that Mm -hmm. i think i need to do that because that's the one little area where I feel like I have some element of control in my life right now, and I need yeah. to feel that you know, yeah. so in that way, it's very therapeutic, interesting,
0: yeah, I think it's very different for a lot of people, some people it's the total opposite where performing live is what gives them the most anxiety, right, and being in the studio where it's just them and the creation process and everything is what they long for so yeah it's
2: i, I, I interesting. I'd say for most people, it's probably that way, but in my mind, it's the other way for some reason, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> How did you get started with music? Uh, I grew up in the church. Um,
0: do you think that has something to do with it? You think?
2: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was a, a uh, I was on like, I guess, music worship teams in church mm-hmm. growing up, and uh, I always, I mean, I took piano lessons when I was a little kid, and I've just, I was, it, it was one of those things. Honestly, I can't remember a time before music. I've always known that that's what I wanted to do, and I've always loved writing and that kind of storytelling, and never really had to figure that out. I I truly don't remember a time when I didn't know that that's what my thing was. What were you playing then? Guitar? uh, uh, I started out with piano, Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I moved to bass, and then to guitar, Mm -hmm. and then I kind of went back and revisited organ and piano, and uh, I just love the challenge of trying to figure out a new thing, and I love the, the avenue of expression that an instrument can have that sometimes your your mouth or, or actions don't so uh, a new instrument is a new challenge is a new avenue of expression and so like i picked up the accordion obviously being from southern Louisiana I grew up listening to a lot of Cajun and Zotico music i mm-hmm. picked up the accordion recently and uh, just really anything that pops into my head it seems like a challenge you know I dig into
0: I, I think that maybe I also grew up in a uh, worship Team environment, mm-hmm. and I think that that prepares you for being in front of people from a young age and everything. Yeah, and, and so that idea that maybe you don't get anxious in front of people could come from that, right? You know? It's
2: like I don't ever remember a time where I wasn't in front of people yeah. at, at least once a week doing music. Yeah,
0: and in that same way, uh, you were you mentioned the word vessel, like you were a vessel at that point for sure. worship, and so it wasn't about like you as a person on stage, it was like we're this. Uh, conduit for the worship process. And I think for people that go on then to make uh, their own music and be in the rock and roll world or whatever, mm-hmm. that still applies in a weird way, and you, there's a difference, I think.
2: Yeah, it's actually kind of strange doing church music like mm-hmm. I did, especially being the person who was leading that when I was younger. It taught me how to—now, uh, granted, the church is a different conversation, and I could tell you a ton of stuff about— how horrible that was for me but yeah the the learning how to do live music in a worship environment taught me how to perform while reading the crowd and seeing what direction the music should go and allowing Mm -hmm. that kind of as a live thing to dictate what was happening with with the energy of the song the flow of the set and everything like that and in that way it allows people to be as much of a part of what's happening musically is the people who are actually performing the music right you now yeah it's not like i'm just pushing forward with what we're going to do here right
0: no we may drop it down for a minute like you did earlier even in your yeah. sound check and like hold on now we're, let's bring it down and you talk yeah. to the crowd and you got to be able to then bring it back up feel the spirit take yeah. people
2: on that emotional roller coaster
0: man totally <laughs> so uh you know what are you listening to right now that that you're excited about any music out there that you mentioned, you know, 3% of uh, music mm. is good music. What 3% are you on right now?
2: Uh, I'm I'm on the 3% that has stood the test of time. I grew up, growing up in the church in, in a very strict, uh, like, environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I guess you would say, sheltered growing up. Okay. I was unable to experience a lot of classic rock music that shapes a ton of people, and they reference it. The, the older I get, the more I do music with people, they'll say... You know it kind of sounds like this and I'm like yeah actually I don't know because I never listened to that because mm-hmm. when people were listening to that I was listening to Christian music you so know? you're still discovering <laughs> stuff. yeah I I I am a creature of habit though so I have like a playlist and it's mostly older country and like you know Don Williams I love Gary Stewart um ELO is like con- I can't get my mind away from ELO and uh Queen is really happening right now. I know that movie's out and stuff yeah. like that, but I've been into, like, redigging into all that stuff and just the majesty of that band, the way that they were able to do what they did. Obviously, Fleetwood Mac. Just kind of the the stuff that is proven. That's kind of what I try to, like, in, in, put into my spirit, you know?
0: Yeah, I like that.
2: I didn't really grow up with country music, and so I've
0: recently been digging into that Mm -hmm. and uh, learning a lot about the Bakersfield sound and different stuff like that, which I just had no idea about, which leads to another question. Um, Were you into um, the Kershaw brothers? Have you ever heard of them being from Louisiana? Uh,
2: I have heard of them. Um, I can't say that I have a whole lot of experience with their music, but I definitely have heard stories. Uh,
0: There's a great... um, song called louisiana man Uh and spotify does this thing now where they tell you what you've been listening to all year yeah and that was one of my most listened to tracks that they reported back was louisiana man but the one that buck owens did okay
2: cool so So it's got a bakersfield uh, yeah feel yeah Yeah.
0: and just i feel like you know sort of the music you kind of play i feel like you might be into it oh man i
2: would absolutely be into it my friend uh elise davis who's a great Uh, writer and stuff, she and I had, we're fortunate enough this year, we went on tour with Dwight Yoakam, so we, I mean, it was great to play those, in front of those people, but it was also just great to stand there and watch, like, one of the people who's kind of a pioneer of that sound, you know, like, do that, and just talk, you could sit there with a notebook every night, and just better <laughs> that's not where the the blue jeans song came from is it no that was because he wears some blue jeans man. yeah oh yeah he does <laughs> he wears the shit out of some blue <laughs> jeans uh no that song actually came from my buddy Raylan baxter came to see a show that i was oh. playing in nashville and he was like he and i have been friends for a very long time and have toured and played together and he's like man uh, and he always shoots straight with me like mm-hmm. and i do with him as well but he was just like you should try to write some songs that aren't in a minor key and, and like <laughs> maybe not about like drinking and like <laughs> having bad relationships and i was like okay fuck you first of all (laughs) he was like kind of breaking my balls but i was like all right like i thought about it and like for a couple days i was like all right i'm gonna try to write something outside of what is comfortable for me to normally write so Uh that was kind of just an exercise in that and he actually really likes that song so (laughs) it worked out so have you ever Co-written, I mean, you said you're not really into that, so probably not with him or Elise. Uh, early on, we we kind of bounced song ideas off of each other, but yeah. uh, that doesn't really happen anymore. Cool. I've been
0: enjoying his music along the way. Yeah, his new record's great. He's yeah, he's awesome. Even the old stuff too. I really like. Yeah, so. and Elise too. She's great. Seems like she's having some good success and. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: we the just Token and everything. It was a good album. Yeah, we just went out and did a, a couple shows opening up for Ray LaMontagne cool. on his solo acoustic thing, but it wasn't just him. It was him and John Stewart, the bass player for Wilco, who oh, yeah. obviously a massive uh, influence on me and has been for a very long time, that band. And so I got to meet him and hang out with him, and it was just like, i trying not to nerd out. Yeah, it's hard he's to. such a sweetheart, the sweetest. I mean, the sweetest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah, so it made it real easy. But yeah, at least he's doing real well.
0: Cool. Have you heard uh, Jeff Tweedy's new album? No, I haven't. I think he's on a book
2: tour or something. Somebody told me right now. I think so.
0: But he's got a new album out called Warm that I just have been listening to this week. I think it just came out, and it's real good, man. I mean,
2: I might check it out on the drive back to Nashville because yeah. I do love Tweedy.
0: That's cool, man. So what's going on in 2019 for you?
2: Uh, well, I have two batches of songs that I'm beginning to do pre-production for right now so I'd like to I want to track two records uh, and then have those done and uh, kind of decide then at that point what I think is the best course of action as far as putting those out into the world or or hanging on to them for a little bit Um, and then I guess just getting out and playing shows you know Um, i love I love touring and I love playing it's like i like i said earlier it's very that part is very therapeutic for me when I don't do that for extended periods of time, I feel like I'm not doing something right you know i feel like i'm i'm missing <laughs> you know yeah, so getting out and playing after after recording and stuff like that and um, yeah just kind of letting the uh letting the musical journey unfold, i guess you know yeah man well.
0: Keep going. Best of luck on your journeys. Uh, com. Yes. Check it out, everyone. Thanks Please. a lot, man. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember that you can check out hundreds more at DiddyTV.com. Just click on the podcast tab at the top of the page, and you can explore exclusive conversations with A-list and emerging artists in the Americana and Roots music scene. Just head to DiddyTV.com and click on the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.
1: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.